Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of the message is A Review of Rescues. We're going to talk about how God has rescued you over your life. And the reason why we're going to do that is whenever we remind ourselves what he has done, it builds our faith to know that he will do it again. In Revelation chapter, what is it, Um, chapter 19 verse 10, it says this, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you talk about what he has done, you're actually talking about what he's doing again. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, Don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and thank him for all the things that he has done. The Lord is not saying, I am so into myself, I want to be reminded of how awesome I am. That's that's not the purpose of that. He's saying, as you think about the things that I've done, your faith, which is the substance of believing, it begins to rise. If I tell you that I'm going to lend you $500, there's a part of you that's going, okay, $500 is a lot of money. I don't know if you're going to come through. But if I've given you $500 before and now I'm saying it again, there's a, you are sure that I will do it again because you remember what I've done. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, help me out. Are you with me? Some of you are too cool to clap, but you're encouraging me. Are you with me? Come on. Uh, Let me dive into the verse that I've prepared for you. It's in Psalms 116, and I'm going to share verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. It starts like this. It says, I love the Lord because he listens to my voice and my prayers for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Then he goes on to say this, death has wrapped its ropes around me. Torment of the grave has overtaken me. I see only trouble and sorrow. And so I called to the Lord, please help me. Now, if you pay special attention to the tense of the verse, it's past tense. He's saying that ropes were wrapped around me. He's saying torment of the grave overtook me. I saw it's all past tense. So what he's writing is this is what the Lord has saved me from. If if I could have a small glimpse into your past, 
I would see the same thing that I would see in my own past. I would see the same things that the psalmist David wrote in that passage. That I cried out to God, please save me. How many in this room can think of a season right now You're not going to tell the person next to you about it, but you can think about it and you know that God saved you and if he wouldn't have, it would have been the spiral of your life. Put your hands together. You can think about it right now. So I want to just, I've got four points for you, and it's actually the four verses in that second, I'm sorry, the third and fourth verse that we just talked about. Uh, The first one is, death wrapped its ropes around me. The second point will be, uh, what is the second point? It will be, uh, oh yeah, uh, torment of the grave overtook me. I saw, this is point number three, I saw only trouble and sorrow. And then the very last point is the last verse where it says, uh, what does it say? I'm sorry. My, I'll get sharper as, as the day goes on. I saw only trouble and sorrow. So let's just dive into that first one. I felt ropes wrapped around me. Now, when I read this for the first time, it was so similar to the next verse that I almost just kind of put it together. Wrapping ropes around me, uh, sound at first glance was very similar to the torment that he felt as he looked towards the grave. And I was like, God is not really the type of personality to repeat himself right after he said it. And so I'm like, there's got to be a difference. And so I just started like walking in my office and I just started saying it over and over again. He wraps ropes around me. He wraps ropes. Death, death, death wrapped its ropes around me. And I've, I've been... Um, I, I can't remember why, but I, I know what it feels like, as many of you do too, where uh, a friend put ropes around you, where you can't get your hands up. Just nod at me if, if, you, if you know what that feels. It's just, it's not a good feeling. And, but even still, I felt like there was another level there. And I thought to myself, self, <laughs> why would someone wrap ropes around me? And there was a few reasons why that I came up with it. And I thought, there's an end to that rope somewhere. You wrap the ropes around me, but there's an end somewhere. And it gives the person the ability to drag me around or even pull me down. And I I thought about that. And I thought, there's been people in my life that if they were not there, my life would have been so much better. Now, just blink twice if that's you. Just blink twice. It, it is a horrible feeling.
feeling. My, my daughter, who's a senior in high school, um, there was somebody who uh, was, was a grade um, above her. And so this person, when she was a sophomore, tormented her, tormented her. And there was nothing she could do uh, to get out of it. And she was completely alone in trying to get out of it. And it was breaking my heart. I wanted so badly, it was a young man, so I wanted so badly to do what you think a father would want to do. I had daydreams in my mind where I just walked up to him and we just happened to bump into each other. And, and I had a few choice words for him because it's a, a boy bullying a girl. And I'm just like, you are asking for it. You are, you are begging for someone to come into your life and to remind you how little you are. And I'm bawling, tearing. <laughs> then when she became a junior, he was a senior. And all he did was torment her. And I'm like, okay. You're inching closer to 18. <laughs> so now I can do what I want to do without being locked up for the rest of my life. And then finally, she became a senior this year, and, and he moved on. And we celebrated his next season that God brought him into. But constantly she's being pulled into this, uh, this this place and i can tell my own stories just being pulled and and this is what the psalmist was saying he's saying i've had ropes around me and i've been inflicted i'm not a prisoner see a prisoner did something to to put himself or herself in that position. That's what a, a prisoner has done. But a captive has not done anything wrong, but they're being dragged into hell. Not, not a physical hell, an emotional hell. Just They're not a prisoner. They don't deserve it. They didn't bring it on themselves. It's just this thorn in their side constantly doing that. Now the second point that David references being saved from is that he says the torment of the grave overtook me. The torment of the grave. You know, I, I had to unpack this one too and I have the, the distinct advantage. It wasn't an advantage at the time. But looking back on it, it was an advantage. Do you, has any of you, have you ever gone through a season where you went through hell? But because the Lord has brought you through, now that has become one of your testimonies that shows the grace of God. And you can reference it to pull other people out of the pit that you once were. Come on, put your hands together. You know, there was, uh, I, I read this illustration where this, this guy uh, was walking past a pit and there was a guy in the bottom of the pit who couldn't get out. And all of a sudden he's yelling, get me out, help me, get me out. And all of a sudden the guy jumps in the pit. 
And this guy's like, I needed you to get me out. Now we're both in this situation. And the guy who jumped in looked at the other guy and says, don't worry about it. I've been in this pit before. I know how to get out. Some of us have been in that pit that our friends or our family have been in. And we're looking at him and say, look, I know you're experiencing pain. I know that you are drinking from the cup of depression. But I've been there before. I know how to get out. And we're going to walk with each other step by step until you get out. And just as I am here to be able to help you because I've experienced it, so will you be able to help others because you're experiencing it. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been there? Come on, help me out. Have you ever been there before? I was talking to a friend of mine who likes to go into the deep woods and hunt. And um, I don't know what he was hunting for, but he was in the deep woods. And, and uh, he was with a, uh, one of his best friends who, he's one of those guys who was born in the woods. He was like, uh, who's that? Who's the, the, the jungle kid? Um, Tarzan, yeah, he was like he was like born in the woods, and so they were talking, and he goes, "I'd really like to come with you," and uh, and so they he brought his own horse. My my friend, he brought his own horse, and he's all excited about being brought on this, being led. And uh, he looks at the guy who's leading him, and the guy who's leading him says, "Hey, um, well, I want you to take my mule." Once you take my mule and, and I'll ride a horse. Well, mules are much more sure-footed. Um, they're stronger. They're bigger. It's like a, a mule when you go hunting is like a, a Cadillac. And so he goes, I want you to take my mule. And so they went into, they kept going deeper and kept going deeper into the woods. And all of a sudden the mule locked up. Boom. And you've heard the saying, they're stubborn as a mule. You've heard that before. And it's because when a mule locks up and they refuse to move, you're not moving the mule. It is not moving. And so as he was getting deeper and deeper in the woods, the mule locks up. And uh, my friend says to his friend, he goes, hey, I can't, I, I can't get, he's not going forward. And um, the, the lead turns around who's on the horse and he says, that's my mule and I know my mule and that mule can smell a bear. Let's get out of here. And um, while he was telling me that story, I'm, I'm on the phone hearing the story. And I thought to myself, that mule has lived his whole life and has never even seen a bear. How does he know? That there is a bear. And he can't picture the bear. He's never seen the bear. But he can smell that there's something in the air that can kill him and is coming after him. And that's a tormenting feeling. It's a tormenting feeling. It's not like the, somebody dragging you. It's not like somebody pulling you. You know that there is something that is not made of flesh and blood. 
that is in the atmosphere, that is hardening hearts, that's causing division, that's causing depression, that's keeping you awake at night. It's not a person. There's something in the air. You don't know what that demon looks like. You don't know what that devil looks like. But there's something in your spirit that you can smell it and you go, there's something not right right now. Have you ever been there? Something not right. And he says that that fear, that torment overtook him. And then I want to go into the third point where it says that I saw only trouble. It's the only thing he could see. I could, I could see trouble and I could see sorrow and that's all I could see. When you are with that person that's pulling you down, it's hard to imagine them ever leaving your life, especially if you work with them, especially if they're a neighbor, especially if they're that uncle that you don't want to come to Thanksgiving, but you have to invite them anyway. Everybody's got that one person. Maybe it's not, oh, okay, you're in church. You've you got a perfect life. Forget you. I've got someone in my... All right, I've got to be careful. But you can only see trouble. You can only see sorrow. You know, I did a... I didn't take a deep dive because science isn't really my thing. But I took a shallow dive and I found out that when you go to the eye doctor to find out whether or not you need glasses, whether or not you need contacts, that when the eye doctor puts you in that dark room and they look behind this thing and they look into your eyes and they take that flashlight and they look in your eyes, they can naturally, they're looking at the arteries in your eyes. That's what they're looking at. They're looking at other things too, but that's at the top of the list. And if those arteries are not healthy, what it's actually showing is that those arteries are connected to the cardiovascular system, which includes primarily the heart. And so they can look into your eyes and determine the condition of your heart. They can see it. Now, there's an old book out there that we know that the condition of our heart, it's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, protect your heart because it determines the course of your life. Shakespeare said what all of us think is in the Bible, but it's not. It says, the eyes are the window to the soul. And so there's things that we can tell by looking in someone's eyes. Have you ever looked in someone's eyes and said, you're not okay? And they're like, I'm fine. And you're like, no, you're not. And they say, well, why, why are you saying that? And you say, I can see it in your eyes. And so when your eyes can only see trouble, it can only see sorrow, you step into that final verse and my last and final point where the psalmist says, and then I called unto the Lord. You know, it, it, it boggles me when it says, and then. You mean you had to go through all that before you said, Lord, 
please, that's what it says, please help me. It seems like you would have done it before you got wrapped up with the ropes of somebody that's dragging you around. It seems like around that time you would have said, please help me. But there's something inside of us that we think that we can handle these social situations when you got a devil in your life dragging you around. You think that you can figure it out, but then they're there and they don't go away. But you would think that the psalmist would have started praying then. You would think that the psalmist would have started praying when torment was overtaken him, where he could smell that devil in the air. When he can only see sorrow. But then he says, and then I call out. It's, it's a place that we all need to avoid. When calling out to the Lord is our last resort instead of our first option, we are spending too much time in a season that we should have walked out of much earlier. Where you're surrounded with trouble, you're surrounded with worry, but even still you find peace. You know, there's a, a scripture that I, I want to close with. It's a scripture that many of you already know. It's in Isaiah chapter 61, where in verse 1, where he says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He, he has anointed me to do that. He has anointed me to comfort the brokenhearted. Now, there's so many beautiful things in that verse, but I want to focus on the last sentence where he says, and I will proclaim that the prisoners will be released and the captives will be set free. I, I barely breezed past that earlier in the message. But it talks about captives and it talks about prisoners. And he's saying, I will proclaim in the name of the Lord that the prisoners will be set free and the captives will be set free. Once again, the prisoners brought the trouble on themselves. It was something that they did. It was something that they said. It was a way that they were living. It was decisions that they made that put them in that situation. Prisoners. Captives, they have been taken as a captive, not by anything that they did, but because someone has inflicted pain into their life. They've inflicted it. The prisoners have inflicted it on themselves. Captives are innocent people who other people brought trouble into their life. But the word of the Lord is saying this. For those of you that have made your life extremely complicated because of your own doing. Those of you who you were walking the straight and narrow and a wolf jumped out on you, regardless of whether you're a prisoner or whether you're a captive, you are going to be set 
free. Can you put your hands together for that? What's the summary? What's the summary of the message today? Whether someone has wrapped you in ropes and dragging you down, whether there's torment in the air and you wish you could fight it like a, like a physical person, but it's not made of flesh and blood, whether you look and you find sorrow only in trouble, regardless of how you got there, whether you brought it on yourself or whether a wolf jumped out of the woods, regardless of how you got there, the word of the Lord is this. I was there for you in the past and I will be there for you in the future. Come on, do you receive that for you? Do you receive that? At every service, and sometimes I think to myself, Frankie, just preach a sermon and don't show a video. Just preach, you show a video of somebody being healed every single Sunday. But it's actually contrary to my entire message. As I mentioned in Revelation 19, verse 10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If I don't show miracles to you, two things are going bad wrong. Number one, I have stopped celebrating the things that I have been praying for my whole life. I think we've all been a little bit guilty of that, where you're praying for something, you're praying for something, and then before you know it, without noticing, God is so smooth that that problem goes away, and, and, and we didn't even notice it because we got a new problem. And then when you look back on it, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that problem. But when we stop celebrating what just happened, then our faith that God's going to do it again begins to drop. Our strength for the present and our confidence for the future is in the hands of our memory of what God has already done for us. And when we stop remembering that and celebrating that, our strength for today begins to seep out of the floor that we're standing on. And so I want to celebrate a miracle that the Lord did. And I want your faith to begin to rise. Because every single one of us in this room has a miracle that they desperately need, including myself. And so as you see a miracle happen in this person's life, let faith and confidence rise in your own life. Take a look at this. I've been struggling with the ring in my ear for about seven years now. Um, and it is tormenting for anyone that has dealt with that. Um, I guess he was calling words of knowledge. Then specifically he called out that there was a ringing constant ringing and that it was even more so during service on the left side so I knew of course by nudging on my wife she kind of said hey because she knows about it and we've been in agreement for a long time in regarding that and uh, so I went down there obediently he said I want you to blow three times on my shoulder and squeeze the more and more you feel the presence of God on his arm and 
Then he told, he uh, gave me the direction to, to say Jesus five times. And I, you know, I shouted that. And then I felt an overwhelming presence come to where I just couldn't stop shaking. And, and after a while, I guess he just kept on holding me and finally released me with the, with the prayer. And I hit the ground as well. When I got up, I still couldn't stop shaking. And I'm a type of person that I usually am very like collected and calm. So that's kind of out of character for me. Um, I've also been dealing with this ACL, MCL, meniscus injury that's potentially torn. So I felt that like fire in my knee all around this area. I believe it and receive it that I'm healed, healed on my knee, healed on my left, um, the ringing, you know, that is gone. On clapping. Why don't all of you stand up on your feet for me, please? You know, I, I want it to be the culture in this church family to expect miracles. And if, if you don't deliberately establish the culture you desire, um, then what you're hoping for goes wayward. I hope that encourages you and your house and your family. And um, if you feel like, uh, man, I'm behind the curve on that. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. So go ahead and begin to implement that now. But um, I want to clarify or, or bring some understanding to some of the things that he said for all of you this morning. He said that I had a word of knowledge, and, and basically, I, I don't want that to sound, I can't find the word, you know the word I'm trying to say, Mi mystical, thank you, you can preach for me in the second service, mystical, I don't want that to sound mystical, because when you receive a word of knowledge, I want, I want it to, hey, that's what that is. And I believe all of you have had a word of knowledge from the Lord. You just don't know it. You ever been talking to somebody and you're like, you are lying to me. You probably said it in different words. Like, you are full of it. How, how do you know they're lying? How do you know? You got, the amount of proof you have is got nothing. But there's this fleeting thought. You're lying. In the same way, that's how the Lord will speak to you. It's And if we're not careful, we'll miss it because it's so quick. So fast. So we mentioned that I had a word of knowledge. It was just a quick thought. When I sat down on the front row, I had three quick thoughts. I'm like, God, if that's you, those people are going to get healed this morning. If it's not you and I'm talking to myself, then there's instant accountability. Nobody's going to raise their hand and everybody knows I was talking to myself. And I'll apologize for that. I was doing my best. But then he said that I held his hand. Uh, I'm sorry. I told him to hold my arm. And I, I think I do it different every time. But while I was praying with him, I said, just hold my arm. And 
if you feel God touching you, I just want to know. If you feel heat, if you feel trembling, if you feel cold, I, I just want to know. I just want to know. Because our physical bodies are going to respond when the Spirit of the Lord touches us. I believe most of you have felt that before without even realizing it. In Job chapter 4, verse 15, Job says this, And I felt the Spirit of the Lord graze past my face, and the hair on my body stood up on end. Wave your hand at me if you've ever felt that before. That's the Spirit of the Lord. But when a person is being healed or delivered, you can, you can amplify that much more. So when he needed healing, I said, I just want to know if the Lord is touching you. Half of the people, when they get healed, they don't feel anything at all. They just notice a few days later, wow, feeling great. But the other half we pray for, they feel something happening. He started squeezing my arm. And I thought, oh, yes, God's healing him. And he began to shake. And it was so powerful that strength in his legs were, he was losing strength in his head, legs. And so I was holding him up because I don't want any guests in here to look her over the shoulder and go, uh-oh, this place is not some out. So I'm holding them up, even though it's happened to hundreds and thousands of people. I'm holding them up. It's in the Bible. It's in church history. But I'm not that strong. And so as I was holding them up, I looked at my friend, and, and he just grabbed his back and, and laid him down. He's completely healed. I don't know. Yeah, that deserves... The people this morning that will be healed, I don't know how the Lord will heal you. I do know that if you don't raise your hand and come out of your seat and stand on the front row, you don't get embarrassed. You're just standing on the front row. I pray for you when the service is over. If you don't come down, I don't know what's going to happen. Not every person I pray for gets healed. Sometimes they get healed when they pray with somebody else. Sometimes I get healed seven years later. But every Sunday, people get healed. That's why we can play a video every Sunday. If people weren't getting healed every Sunday, we couldn't show a video every Sunday. So I'd like our, our prayer partners to come down if they would, because more people get healed. More people give their life to the Lord. More marriages get healed. More broken hearts get healed from our prayer partners praying with them than when I pray for them. But I feel like there's three people that I'm supposed or three conditions I'm supposed to pray for. And if nobody raises their hand, that means I'm talking to myself. But if you come up to me after service and just say, I didn't want to raise my hand, but you were talking to me, no visa card for you. <laughs> Because the entire room had an opportunity to build their faith, like God is talking in this room. And when you don't raise your hand, that faith doesn't happen. I have an opportunity to rise in other people's life. But if I'm off, I'm off. I'll own it. I'm human. I'm doing my best. Um, 
Does someone here have a cardiovascular issue? And I want to say it's the heart, but there's other parts to a cardiovascular issue. Dr. Brian, what are the other parts? The artery, the veins, and the heart, and the capillaries. I'm so glad you're standing right there. I'm going to try to memorize that so in the second service I smell, I sound really, really smart. But it's all in this area, correct? That's the primary focus. Yeah, yeah it's, right, it's right around your heart. If, if you're having some major complications there, or I th- let me dial it in a little bit closer where you're having this sharp pain, like a like an ice pick, just kind of, you don't know how that's happening or why that's happening. I want to get a little bit more. The more specific I get, the better chance I have of missing it, but the healing happens much quicker. The second, I have three. The second one is this morning. It hasn't happened in the past. It has happened in the past, but it's happened this morning. there's a shooting pain if it hasn't happened this morning i still want you to come down but i want you to pray with a prayer partner but if it happened this morning i want to pray for you where there's this sharp pain that shoots down your leg or it starts here and shoots down your leg and then the last one is it's when you close your hand and make a fist it hurts and and i don't know why but it, it just hurts and it's with your left hand if it's your right hand i want you to pray with a prayer partner but if i'm hearing from god i'm supposed to pray for someone so let's find out come here what is it it's your left hand man that was the one i was most afraid of that's why i put it last man my goodness uh the lord's gonna heal you do you feel any pain right now good That way we have a baseline, right? Shooting pain down your leg. I'm sorry? Yeah. Left hand. Wow. Man, that was the one I was most afraid of. It's your right hand and the leg. All right, I'll pray for you since I'll... What is it? So chest pain in your left hip, and it's all this morning, right? Those of you with the left, uh, with the, okay, and chest pain. Yeah. Thought you were have to go to the ER. What about you? Okay. Oh, perfect, perfect. I'm so uh, I'm so crazy. You said you had breast cancer. Or you you do. You have breast cancer, and then I say perfect. I know it sounds so crazy, but when it's something like that and it's so specific, like I like I've just seen it too many times. Does that make sense? I've seen it too many times and it's exciting to see God heal cancer. Like that's one of the that isn't it? It's just it's just exciting. All right. If you're in this room and you're unsure where you would spend eternity, if your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, you're the most important person in here. Because they're going to get healed. They're on their way to heaven. We don't know what your situation is. And that's eternal. And your heart could stop beating just like that. Marriages, finances, whatever it is. 
these prayer partners are, are ready and excited to pray for you. They get just as excited about miracles as I do. You can leave whenever you get ready. But let's sing this song one time through before anyone goes. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.